Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Please visit audiblepodcast.com slash for your free audiobook download. It's August 4th, 2013. This is Idle Thumbs 122. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Jake Rodkin. And I'm Sean Vanneman. And, and I'm Nick Brecken. Shut up. Oh, come on. <laughs> We're joined today by our good friend, Nels Anderson. Who is not me. Nick Brecken. Who is not at all even close to Nick Brecken. Yeah. You wish you were Nick Brecken. You're sleeping in Nick Brecken's I'm becoming bed. Nick Brecken. <laughs> what does he smell like? He is actually sleeping in Nick Brecken's It's pretty yeah. odorless. I'm sure it is. I, I have this suspicion that Nick Brecken scrubs himself of all odor twice a day, every day, so that he can be ignored by dogs, females, and unkindlies. That is my... <laughs> no, no, no. He's got like 18 loofahs in his room. Of course he does. Yeah, it makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Nick the Loofah Brecken. <laughs> I'm making a move right now for that to be his new nickname. <laughs> Let's see if it sticks. Putting it out there organically. If it comes back to us, then it was meant to be. Yeah. How's it all going, right. Chris? How's Pax? Uh, it was pretty good. Are we going to tell anyone who Nels is? Oh, Nels was the lead designer on Mark of the Ninja and a good friend of ours. Yay. Mm -hmm. Worked at a hothead once. It's true. Mm -hmm. Mm, But then I made a game about a ninja. It was very good. Thanks. You know who liked it? These guys in this room. Aww. You know who liked it? America. Uh, mm, Some of it, (laughs) probably. I hear it was critically acclaimed. It was. It was was aggressively nominated. It was aggressively (laughs) nominated, and then you sons of bitches won all the awards, so that's fine. Hey, man. You won that Canadian award. Yeah, we weren't even we weren't even considered. (laughs) I wonder why. What are we talking about, Pax? Yeah, you guys were both there. We were. Mm -hmm. How was it? Um, It was fine. There was a uh, there was an Idle Thumbs meetup that was organized by the community. That um, if you were there, I I want to sort of apologize. Oh, Um, really? I mean, it was for your behavior. so it was it was put together by some people on the forums, which was really uh, great and awesome. But too many people showed up to actually fit in anywhere during PAX weekend. So we ended That's up having awesome. to sort of like well, well, I mean, we it's awesome to, theoretically. Yeah. It's a good problem. We ended, up, we ended up well, it wasn't in this case because we ended up having to split up into kind of different groups and sort of disperse. So it ended up I didn't actually get to hang out with most of the people who showed up. So uh, sorry about that if you showed up and that was kind of weird and awkward. But um. Well, I don't believe that a collection of Idle Thumbs fans were in one place and it was weird and awkward. I don't believe it for a second. Well, you but know what? You don't have to believe place. it because they were in three or four places. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and sorry, I wasn't there. Jake and I were working, but we weren't there. And also, my legs broken. So Pax I know you were having fun at Pax, <laughs> but we were working. Yeah. Yeah, I know you're having fun at Pax, yeah. but I basically spent the entire show just behind the desk at the double, oh, behind so the table working. at the double fine booth. Um, What's this I hear about? Uh, nerds ropes. Um, I was. Where are the nerds ropes? I'm I really, was given a big bag of nerds ropes to give to Jake, and I left them at the booth. I'm sorry. Was it by 
our friend Secret Asian Man. Mm-hmm. What's up, dude? How's that nuclear reactor? Hope it's still reacting, producing energy. The fine folks of Pennsylvania. So, cool Nels, podcast. how was your PAX? <laughs> it was good. Yeah, I was not actually obligated to do any sort of a official thing at all this year, so I just kind of. You were on a panel, though, right? I was on the last day. Spilled secrets. It was uh, Richard Rouse. He's a. Was Richard it called Rouse. Spilled Secrets? It wasn't, but it was almost. It was like <laughs> Dark Secrets of Game Dev or something. But oh, it okay, it should have okay, been okay. Secrets Spilled, and they were spilled everywhere. It's pretty Who cool. is on the panel? Oh God, a lot of people. Um, myself, Richard Rouse hosted it. Um, the like art lord from Paraxis, John Patrick Lowry, who's the voice of the sniper in DF2. Um, Kim McAuliffe. I'm saying her name totally wrong. She's a Microsoft on Project Spark, and then like two or three other people. Uh, Dan, Dan Teasdale, formerly of Harmonix and Twisted, Twisted Pixel. Pixel. He's a very cool man. He talked about being a giant asshole, but not really. It was clever. Uh, yeah, it was good. Except that sounds like a hodgepodge. Yeah, it was good. We all talked about secrets. We spilled them. And then so during the what was this actually just weird things just sort of about anecdotes about, from development? Yeah, it was like five minute micro talks about just like oh cool what's a thing that people probably don't know about making the video games. Was it hard to find one that you thought was going to be interesting and compelling, but also crowd safe? I just talked about how most video games are actually garbage when they're being made. By most, you mean all? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> all of them. <laughs> And then the ones that are good just found a way to get better. But yeah. most of them as they're being made are really You saying that terrible. right now actually made my chest real tight. I, I don't actually know if people believe that practically, but... No, that's why I was saying it. Yeah. There's yeah. that moment when the game... The, when you first get into the industry and you're working on a game and you play it for the first time that it's playable and it's terrible that is really, really frightening and you never think it's going to be get better. That's not actually the art for me. For me, it's when the game first is playable. It's amazing because you're seeing everything realized yeah, for the yeah. first time and you're like, wow, this yeah, is great. Me, me and then you're like, yeah. if this is where we're at, this thing's done in like three months. And then three months later, you're like, like this seems like exactly what I played three months ago, but way shittier. Yeah. <laughs> this is why we yeah. work together. And then six months <laughs> later, it's worth. This is why. maybe it's good again. But like, that's the arc is that oh, for me. That first moment where I go, oh God, we have so far to go. It's so hard for me. It's really, it's a dark, But apparently dark I'm just place. bouncing off the wall. This game's amazing. But it's good, though, because you're like this life raft of positivity. I'm like, well, if Jake thinks it's, thinks it's amazing, it can't be that bad. But it's guaranteed bad. And like, then I go home a month and, and a half and, later. Yeah. Oof. But whatever. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of what I talked about. It's a font of misery, and then you figure out how to make it better, and then it's okay. Well, it's funny because your game is, if I say your game, I should say Mark of the Ninja is so polished, and it doesn't show any of its production seams where it's like oh they clearly had problems stitching these sorts of things together mm. or, oh this is a thing they were barely able to overcome yes that moment when we were playing the last of us this weekend and there was a weird character attachment bug so suddenly the guy that you were in the fight with blipped off of him and then sucked back onto his body was the most cathartic moment in the world because it, re- <laughs> because it revealed that the people who made The Last of Us are, in fact, fallible human beings. Right. We're like, oh, there was a time when that is all that happened in this game, and they all right. thought it was shitty. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That game is precise as shit. Yeah. That and game then is suddenly, when, yeah, when you're in one of those beautiful fight scenes, and the guy just went, blah, blah, and then came back over, it was. I've I had, seen that in I had a guy in a ch- I had a guy in a chokehold, and I kind of walked him around a corner, and the, I did a funny thing with the camera, and he just went like... Yoh. He just got left behind. It was the yeah. best. Yeah. No, it was actually no, sad. He left behind. Oh. Because he came back, right? I mean, yeah, he came back. Yeah, he came right back. He came almost, back. Almost instantly. Yeah, the game yeah. went, no! 
and put them back. But yeah, anyway, sorry. But it's so funny because when you have a game that's polished, like the mark, the, the mark, mark of the ninja, the, the mark, the ninja's mark, I think is how it's referred mark to. Of the ninja. Marcus that you don't ninja. see those seams, therefore you can never imagine it being bad. Hmm. Just, on my end. Just go to Giant Bomb's website and look at that video we sent to those guys, and you can see our prototype build where it's really bad. That's don't so look funny. at that. <laughs> we'll ruin it. Well, yeah, it's weird. Work at that, yeah. Like, just the whole progression of the game in my mind, like, became this weird warped thing where I can't remember it being terrible until I go back and look at the bits that were terrible, and I was like, oh, right, Jesus Christ, this game was terrible. Yeah, it's weird how... When it comes together, it comes together so great. It's like you're still boiling the frog, right? Like you don't notice it's getting better until you jump way, 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 way back into the past to where it was so bad. And you're like, oh, yeah, we figured out a lot of stuff as we were making this, but it took like nine months to do it. Did that game have a long runway of sort of, okay, it's we know this is game, this game is going to be good. Now let's just polish the shit out of it. Or that it all sort of like codify really fast. A bit, yeah. There, there was a lot of polish, like a lot of the because it's two D, so it's kind of more precise by nature. Like there was a lot of just like mounting this corner doesn't quite feel right. It's a little bit janky, so we got to go in and like give a lot of love to that stuff. So there was, yeah, there was always kind of that stuff like in sort of like in a in like a lower channel as mm-hmm. the as the game was being made and on top of that we were building like all the new mechanics and all the levels and all the items and all the progression and blah 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 you blah, said blah. earlier today that that game is tuned like a fighting game where it's actually per frame of animation yeah that was in- crazy to hear to me yeah gross. no the entire clay like engine at least for 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 shank and for ninja is built like a fighting game where it's all the the thing that the game understands primarily as far as gameplay is concerned is like animation frames. So the game so it understands for every character it's in some particular state that is owned by some animation. And then you just specify like at time this like frame of the animation. Yeah, like four yeah. frames in, play the sound yeah, effect. Six frames in, you now have a branching so, tag. So your games are fixed frame rate or Yeah, they're all yeah. pinned at sixty. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Which if 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 you make that a thing to do, you can do it. But yeah, yeah it's a right. it's a weird thing to. So do you guys? I about. mean, like I don't know. Are there are there? Does your engine have a way to like gracefully handle dropping the frame rate, or is optimization just so key? We like, just make sure it's always at sixty. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> I mean, because it's it's two D, so it's less like yeah, sure, it's more controllable. I mean, I'm sure there's yeah. something. But when you ship on computers, like you never know, right? Yeah, oh, like, sure. What, I mean, what happens if somebody tries to run it on a system that oh, isn't capable? It just no it, one ever will. <laughs> Is it just implayable, or does the game actually go, like, this is not going to happen from, yeah, I from think Jump it, Street? I th- well, I mean, I think it drops rendering frames, but it keeps, like, okay, actually the logic processing the, the logic. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that, yeah, makes yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes so sense. at least yeah. it should hypothetically It doesn't behave right. like an old, like a Nintendo where the game just slows down. Right. that's disappointing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it would probably get yeah. kind of stuttery, I think. I don't actually, I don't think I've Or it'd just be so poignant. Right, if it all slows down and then you just bring in a yeah. slow-moving violin score. Yeah. And, yeah. And Which is, for some reason, playing at... Right, at, yeah. perfect, at perfect time. At yeah. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, or it's just weirdly inceptioning and just playing very Have slow. people ever done that in games on purpose? Like, globally lowered the entire, like, just tick of the like rate of the simulation for dramatic purpose? Rather than actually just playing things back slower at full frame rate? Surely. The, oh, I mean, we've definitely done that stuff in Ninja. Like, there's commands that you can send in the state graph where it's just kind of like drop the entire game, mm-hmm. like play it at like one third. Of, I mean, it's usually for the space of like 15 frames, right? Yeah, sure. Like, you yeah, get yeah, that right. crazy slowdown and then smash them in. Uh huh. Okay, sure. Oh, okay. Right, of yeah, course. Yeah, for like speed yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 There's stuff like that. I start. And I guess it just mm-hmm. depends what game you're. Like, that game is so centered around your character. Like, the world mm-hmm. doesn't so much matter necessarily. Right. Like, 
what you know the rest of the world yeah. necessarily like it's all about your character yeah I know I've seen that in other games I'm trying to I'm sure the Witcher for specific pieces of that game am I imagining that are there parts of Braid where your guy is running at a different time scale in the world or did I just totally make that up oh, yeah that rings a bell Braid 2 <laughs> Braidier I think so it's I think in the Witcher or are you just talking the, about The Witcher? It's in The Witcher too. no, but it, really? your character is running at the same time scale as, uh, the, um, as the world, but the UI layer is happening, like, very quickly. That makes sense. Okay, so, so they don't, they're not hmm. globally, like, adjusting no. the entire No, no, no. But there are these moments when you're, when you're casting spells sure. and stuff like that, yeah. yeah. I only know that because people have told us to play The Witcher 2, and I started trying to play The Witcher 2. What do you think of it? I started trying to play The Witcher 2. <laughs> <laughs> and I just... Man, I'll go, I'll go back to it, but it's there's a UI usability thing, and maybe email me and tell me, or find me on Twitter and tell me I should not play it with a control, like a, an Xbox or, controller or something, huh. because there is it's you have five like classes of skills that all have a completely arbitrarily chosen logo to in like a arbitrarily chosen name to go mm-hmm. with them, so like. They sound kind of similar. Like Igni means like you're going to set some guys on fire and like sure. ignite. Yeah, but like yeah. it's just it's one step beyond intuitive. Mm. And then paired with like unnaturalistic uh, character interaction. I just I'm not there yet. But mm-hmm. I heard the tutorial is kind of like the jankiest part of that. I game. should probably just not play the tutorial. Yeah. Um, well, I think that's just part of the game. I think you just have to get past it. Yeah, no, I think you can skip the tutorial. It told oh. me I could skip the tutorial, oh, so I probably should. I know some have done people that. that like that thing a lot and say that it's. Really yeah, I mean, yeah, a lot of Idle Thumbs listeners say this is the you guys. This is a Idle Thumbs style huh. game, and we generally are pretty. You have to just pretty roll into the Witcher and say, yeah. "I'm a pro. I know what the Witcher is." Oh, you mean like Far Cry Two? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've played Far Cry Two. Skip Witcher tutorial. <laughs> <laughs> I know how to set men on fire. Yeah. What? <laughs> I don't know what. I was gonna say I beat The Last of Us. You beat I've been the Last of Us. Fucking shitload of, of video games. <gasps> I've been playing a lot of video games. Nice. Yeah. I just basically picked up The Last of Us two hours from just slammed and, through it. Oh, okay. You're just, already pretty far. I was two hours in yeah. and just went. You know what? I'm just gonna get Wait, two hours in. Two in. hours in. Oh, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> and I was like, well, I'm doing game. this in a fucking day. And basically, in a day and a half, in a day and a half, I just went. Let's get to the end. Yeah. Sounds about right. Because, well. For our readers at home, our good friend Ali Moss is sitting here, but he's not speaking, and he made me do it. Hi, Ali. <laughs> Ali Moss is browsing NeoGAF. <laughs> it's a thing that Ali Those Moss really does. Pretty fun. Oh, this is the... The PC screen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh. But uh, Ali made me play it. Uh, he, he... I mean, it's sort of... I kind of feel the shame that he had to make me play it at this stage. Like, I feel pretty shitty for not finishing that game. And now that I finished it, I'm really happy that I did. Cool. Yeah. yeah. That doesn't mean I... I think the ending is really great. Yeah. Mm. I think the ending, if you're setting out to tell a linear story full of combat where you're a murderer, is really f- fantastic. I think it's ballsy, and I think it's did a, you get to the an ending. Chris? I did. I think uh, it's so we just say now, like a final moment. If you don't want to hear about the ending. Stop listening. Come back at oh, sometime later in this podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, let's go Figure 20, it out. <laughs> go twenty minutes forward. Yeah, you're smart. Um, exactly 20 minutes forward. You know like, what? Go to our YouTube page. Last back. <laughs> Go to our YouTube page, and a very valuable right, reader whatever, will have already timestamped it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway. But what did you think, Chris? Um, I had mixed feelings about 
most of this game, including the ending. Um, I knew you would. I know. I know. I know you, <laughs> That's I why we do the podcast. I yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I I didn't like the ending when I first got got to it. The more I thought about it, the more I did like it. Mm. Um, although I was talking to Nels about this yesterday, I had a particular experience playing the end that I think um, influenced my thoughts about the ending because it gave me. It was. I had an astonishing moment that to me felt like the ending that I kind of wanted, um, but then it wasn't. So I was, please go on. Yeah, so I was <laughs> like, you have me on Twitter, Hixer. Yeah. So we were. So you know, the end of that game is like, you know, it's a very video gamey ending where it's like your character makes a decision and then you have to fight like eight thousand guys in a crazy climax. Mm-hmm. That part's you know, the bad like, part, though. No, I know, I know it is, and uh, which like I was that I was like not thrilled about that. Like I. I, I was very not thrilled about yeah, that. Yeah, like I, I, I was, died a bunch of times. I did a bunch of times, and it was like the most. It was like my the plausibility to me was stretched was thinner during that part than it was at any other part of the game. Like you're already agree. basically the Terminator, right? right. Like you're already Had managing to survive. Had like, there, I wouldn't have finished it. Yeah, well, hmm. against like fucking hundreds and hundreds of humans and zombies, and like basically effectively not being hurt at all, really. You know, other than being cutscene hurt. Like your right. guy's still an unstoppable killing machine, and then you get to the end, and not only is it like humans or zombies you're fighting like crazy special ops guys with like assault rifles and stuff and you're you're still right like you're still just able to completely t- annihilate all of them and be totally fine so i was like already like all right this is a little much and then i had a crazy moment where uh uh i was playing with nick and like we were behind you know some of the chest high cover stuff and uh we like vaulted over it and ran towards a guy and then the guy like popped up behind cover and just went like right into right into joel's chest and joel just like just he did that one that like the mega like his like more extreme yeah yeah Yeah. and i'm like oh my god like is that how this game ends did we like go through like a trigger volume and that's just like that's how joel ends like he he makes this decision that's like very self-serving and right like he's going to save this girl at the detriment of the entire rest of the human race like he makes this decision that's very personally motivated and and it kind of that that ending, like his weird martyrdom, like made him sort of a tragic figure to me. I'm like, he did a thing that is like, it's a very, it's a very specific decision he makes, and of he goes up against like dozens and dozens of heavily armed guys wearing like combat armor, whatever the hell they're wearing. Right. I mean, they're, no, they're, they're wearing helmets. They and look shit. pretty yeah. hardcore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, like any human being who goes up against that is gonna is gonna eat shit, right? Like he knew, like any human being who makes the decision to do that basically knows they're going on like a quixotic quest right or they're blinded by rage yeah, and they can't think it mission, through right. like but it's effectively a suicide mission and then he just eats shit and i'm like oh my god that was amazing like that what a ballsy what a ballsy end to this guy like he, it's like you just happened to roll the most extreme death yeah scene, so you thought it was <laughs> yeah legit. and then it's like reload from checkpoint and i was like oh god damn it here we go well I guess fuck I, you chris yeah. remo <laughs> <laughs> i guess i do have to go kill so all basically like, like yeah and there was what, nothing neil Druckmann could have done to win you back right, yeah that. because that's what games are great at right like they're amazing at creating moments like that naturally um and it, whatever like I, I think the ending was interesting right like, i i right. It's not like I think it's a terrible ending, but like I mean, it's not it, completely it, dissimilar to the ending you're talking about. It just lands. No, no, yeah. it just it just you know he doesn't get his comeuppance in the same way. It's more of a like well, not on screen, right? Not on screen. No, yeah. it's more of a it's more of a kind of like um I don't know weird cosmic tragedy rather than uh I mean I, I think I think it was a pretty good ending. Um I do, uh, but I was definitely colored by having that specific experience and like 
it was just one of those weird game things. Right. That's no, like, that's you know, a you fucking great story. That, that's fucking know? incredible, though. Yeah. No, that's the best. Yeah. I don't really know how to respond to that, actually. <laughs> Except that I think the moment-to-moment execution of the actual end cutscene was fucking awesome. Yeah. Well, that yeah. was the stuff that the more I thought about it, the more I liked it. It was... Yeah. yeah. I think it takes a lot of balls to end your game with her saying, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh, man. No, I thought that was interesting. Really, really fucking good. Yeah. yeah it, there, there's a degree of restraint. I don't know if that's the right word. Yeah, but it's I just think like it's, yeah. the thing could have paid off in some crazy. It's like, yeah, we're going to have a cool time in this weird town that's the town I grew up in, but not really. And no, it, it could have gone yeah, on and, not, and on and is, on. It is a yeah. super confident ending. Yeah. I haven't seen it because I'm a bad person. Wait, what? Wait, oh, because can you're you Jake. believe this? Video games, rod game. I've you listen to the podcast. I've <sighs> I've allowed people to just tell me what the end of the game is at this people. point. Sean Vanneman, famous. <laughs> I allowed famous. But what did I do? I really took my time to really explain no, no, it to no. you, and I really sold it. It's just the point where I just I know that I'm not going to get to the end of this game, at least not until I'm a retired old man with nothing to do in his life, but not play video games and let the and clean the stack of one the new day, games that I have. One day I'm gonna finish that old car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, then you're going to drive it to the drive-in, what, what and the drive-in's actually, going to be burned down. Yeah. What, it, what it will actually be is, one day I'm going to buy a copy of The Last of Us like I had back when I was 32, <laughs> and then I'll go on a quest to get that, and then I'll go, I got it. I don't, and then I won't want it. But I, I'm coming from a position that is bad, having not beaten the game. Yeah. It's not optimal. Let's just say it's not the best position. Yeah. I'm okay. Just say what you're going to say. Going. Please keep going, bud. It sounds like an incredibly confident choice from all that I've heard. Yeah, about. Yeah, no. yeah. And it makes me wonder if that position of confidence would have existed had they not known that they were making two and three afterwards. Which are they making two and three? It's afterwards? guaranteed. If you're the next it's, Naughty Dog AAA, wait, are you scooping license? this right now? No, no, no. no. I just, wait, no, no, no. just saying it's a video game if you are the made studio, by Naughty Dog like, that is obviously what successful. was their previous thing to Uncharted? Uncharted. Uncharted. Previous to Uncharted, though. Jack, 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 Jack and Daxter. Yeah, if you okay, sorry. If you're the company that has made Jack and Daxter and Uncharted, and you are now making the new entry in your like portfolio, yeah, yes, I didn't want to say it because I would pronounce it wrong. Um, I would pronounce it incorrectly. You know that barring it being a big fucking piece of shit, there's more coming. Yeah, and that is mm. probably what gives you the confidence to end the game with okay. Oh man, I don't know if I agree with that. If they knew this was the last one, the last, the last of why us? did they title it the way they did? Painted themselves right into a little corner there, don't you think? The last Final th- Fantasy fourteen. Yeah. <laughs> oh come on! <laughs> I don't know if they would have done it. I have this glimmer. It's not of a hope. singular story. You can't think of it as one because it's not. Oh, man, there's so many things you're bringing up right now. As somebody who's made a survival game about two people trying to survive, that I don't want to talk about, but I can't. You're right. Okay. Actually, whatever. We will. I had not. I didn't have Walking Dead season two in my brain, and neither did you when we talked about the end of season one. Right. Because we had forgotten that business things <laughs> exist. We had forgotten <laughs> that real life exists. Yeah. Maybe they forgot that real life exists. I'm not like I mean, to hope that they were able to compartmentalize what they wanted to do enough that it's just like, if no one buys this video game, right. it will I, yeah, stand it's, alone. It's totally true. Enough. I said a thing that I should probably take back yeah. because it does seem like it's an easy it's an easy situation to make a confident choice when the odds are high that there's another one coming. Here's the thing. But, I mean, can you imagine working on a video game with that's that expensive that takes that long to make and just be assured that it's going to be good enough to warrant a sequel. It's still, yeah, but, it's still completely nuts. I was just, I just, all I mean, things considered I is think all I was saying. Mm. I mean, 
obviously I have no clue what it was going through these people's minds in any, you know, like comp- in any real way. Um, they're obviously incredibly talented people. I mean, I feel like I, I, Jake, I see where you're coming from because I do think uh, that certain studios, certain like, you know, very oh, I, small number of studios do saying. exist in an incredibly privileged position to where have the their long, games right. always are really highly reviewed. They always sell millions of units and it would be almost impossible to imagine actually having a big failure, right? Like I'm, I'm right. sure many of them would say like, well, we just never know how it's going to be received. But that's a lot different from being in a studio where you actually – Ship a lot of hit or miss I guess, games, and I guess, like you really are actually worried about that all the time. I will, right? fl- I will flip what I what I said to the positive version, which is it is incredibly cool that Naughty Dog is in the position as a AAA studio to be able to afford themselves the confidence to end the game the way that they did. Man, is that a better way to put that? I don't know where to begin. I don't know if I agree with you or not. I'm like swimming <laughs> in rhetoric. <laughs> um, uh, They make story-heavy games that are really expensive that they know a lot of people see the end to. I'm just trying to – I'm trying to like tease it. I'm trying to play the tape all the way to the end where I don't think – I think there's an argument to be made that the ending is appropriate for the game. Like qualitatively. The ending is good for the game. Like I think – obviously you could say I didn't like the game. I thought the ending was bullshit. Yada, yada, yada. But like you, you can, think there's a strong case. There's a strong case yeah. to say that this this ending is the right one outside of business considerations. I agree I with don't that. know if you would change the ending if you knew there wasn't going to be a sequel or not. Is I'm that not, that's not what I was okay? okay. That's what the second okay, thing that's that I said is more like. That's why I'm. I said that and then I retracted it in favor of the second thing that I said, which is just they are in a place where they can make an unsafe choice for a game that's this big. And because they know they're going to be able to afford to make another game no matter more, what it is. They are more safe. It's they're just, like, just they're, sure. yeah, they, you don't need to play to rote marketing expectations for the end of this game. You what? can actually go for the thing that you want. But you know what's interesting? And tell me if you agree with this or not. A bad ending can ruin a movie and just kill its franchise potential. But I don't know if a bad ending can ruin a game yeah, like that. Yeah, I agree. I actually yeah, agree with you generally. Yeah, yeah. See the ending I, of Uncharted 2 as evidence for this. Uncharted I mean, so 3 many, So That's many exactly. games. Right, but like <laughs> Sunshine, Danny Boyle movie, could easily have been, could start kickstarted a franchise. The ending of that movie oh, is so it. fucking totally bad it. yeah. that it's not even and, an yeah. option. No, but I totally agree <laughs> with you. I'm not saying this is the case about... about the last of us, because I because I, I I do think uh, it was a really um, compelling See ending. sunshine, but, but Stop I think there are a, but, yeah, no, <laughs> maybe sure. an hour fifteen. But I think there are hour fifteen. There are says, a lot of games that I think are basically universally acknowledged as great that have really terrible endings. Yeah, that yeah. I think even okay. even That's most of the people who acknowledge them as great <laughs> Mario three, <laughs> I mean, Mario 2. the end of Mario three is really good. <laughs> yeah, I think you, you mean Mario two. I mean Mario two. <laughs> Um, Sorry, but I don't I, mean any Mario. I don't even have a opinion. I don't think any it. version just, of Mario is judged yeah, by the quality no, of its ending. It's not, <laughs> the ending of Mario play. Sunshine where Bowser rolls in and says, Mario, why are you ruining my vacation? Yeah. That's the best of all of Mario. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, God, did I ever talk about this? Uh, you know what? I'm kind of a dick. No, I don't think you, maybe you did. I the end of remember. Mario Sunshine where Bowser comes in and says, Mario, you're ruining my vacation. Actually painted a picture to me like it opened up the <laughs> Mario metaverse where most <laughs> Mario stories are actually those characters are just trying to fucking chill out and then one of the 
other one of the other rolls in and ruins it. <laughs> it's crazy. The number of those that open with like Mario and the Princess are having a picnic. Bowser fucking rolls up and fucks it up. Or like Mario World, Bowser somehow travels back in time to dinosaur times, crashes, and is like, okay, I'll build a castle here. Mario just shows up and just ruins it. <laughs> those guys, it's just they're just having a life, and then the other guy just either by fate or through malice, star-crossed lovers. Yeah, just crashes into it, like, but. Enemies of Legion. When Bowser, in his really bad, stupid, the characters talk now dialogue, just said, Mario, why are you ruining my vacation? I was like, oh, that's all they ever do. That's it. They just ruin each other's vacations. That's it. It's so crazy. Anyway, sorry. This it's weird, so crazy. There's a weird metaphor there about the bellicose nature of man. It made me wish that they would do, like, the opening of Wind Waker, where it just says, there's always been a hero of legend. Right. It, like... The Wind Waker opens basically with there's always a lighthouse, whatever. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And it was so good that they finally just said, you know what? These maybe aren't all the same. Who cares? This happens. It happens. Yeah, but I love they, that. that was yeah. But if they opened one that was just like – if it, if it was always- just like <laughs> Super Mario Revelations where it just starts just – Mario cashing in his frequent flyer miles where, and we're finally uh, taking that trip. It just, <laughs> but if, if they just straight up said like the huge – like the Lord of the Rings tapestries maps of just like – the most epic portrayal of just thousands of picnics and like trips to <laughs> tropical islands ruined. And then it's like, this time will be different. And then just the logo bursts out in flames and chrome. But then you still trash yeah. a vacation yeah. for sure. There's always been an asshole plumber. There's always been an asshole yeah, dinosaur just, they, thing. If they owned it, I guess they, my suggestion of owning it the way Wind Waker owns it is not apt at all because Wind Waker owns it in the most tasteful, restrained oh, way yeah, in the world. Yeah. It, just, it totally does. It but, you know, it. I'd be fine if a little, like, do-do-do-do shows up, and then it just tells a story on ancient scrolls of of picnic baskets. And, but anyway. So, Chris, you were saying... Anyway, Chris, oh, I can't the, remember. the last yeah, of or something. Yeah. I, think we, I think we talked about the last of us. I no, I was talking about the end. I was talking about you can get away with a bad ending. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In a, yeah, in a game, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I, yeah, I, I think I pretty much said what I was going to say. I mean, I think games... There's certain things about games that I think make them hard to end, you know, because the most of what you spend doing in a game is playing it. And then the ending is the thing that comes and says, you just have to stop playing this now. And yeah. here's why. And it's like so often that's really unsatisfying. It's um, probably because the guy injects himself with a bunch of crazy stuff and turns into a glue, a glue, a blue glowing the, lightning turns robot. Turns into the yeah. cover of Atlas Shrugged. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, um, oh, wow. I never put that together until right now. Yeah. Um, Spoilers, Yuck. but again, like a Book great covers. game, right? Like Bioshock's yeah. an incredibly great game. Um, uh, God, sorry, this is not on the topic of the ending things, but I have a question for you. This might be a terrible thing to bring up. If so, I apologize. Do you guys ever feel like it's a good prelude. talking? <laughs> that's on... the best sentence. That's the best. Uh, I'm sorry. That's probably an inappropriate thing to talk about. Do you ever feel I like <laughs> I've been thinking about it? You lilt it up in such a perfectly innocent manner. Yeah. So you can only be followed. We with do a podcast, terrible. and we broadcast it to people on the internet. And we talk about game. I don't know. We have like opinions about games on it. Do you guys ever f- feel stressed about talking about like really successful games on this podcast? Yes, absolutely. I, I do all the time, and it actually fr- it like freaks me out I, always. Uh, you probably least of us all would. Least the of least us. of us. <laughs> <laughs> like whenever we talk about a AAA game, I get really nervous about it. Because those are the games the most people will have strong that opinions That Last of about. Us ad that just says 10 out of 10s all the way down. Exactly. up into your face. Right. And it's not <laughs> like I really like that's, that's not no, my I hear point. I um, really it, but I will it. say, if there's not something that is uh, somewhere between like, thumbs up and thumbs down. If there's not somewhere interesting to tread in between those two ideas, 
than I do. Like, I don't want to come on the podcast and say this game is garbage. No, no, this I game totally is, agree you know, with I you. But, I, but no, no, I would that, much appreciate if like, yeah, yeah, and totally, and that's like if somebody had to like give numerical review numbers to yeah. like our thoughts about the yes, game on the podcast, no, no, no. I would like it to be very difficult. Yeah, to def- I, I agree. Were we no, ever no. Metacritic listed? They would. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but I know I hundred percent agree with you. But like <laughs> that, I think actually wouldn't even. I think if we were the type of person, people who would just want to come on and dump over a thing, I don't even think we'd care about the thing I'm saying, right? Like, right. so often I find right. that, like, I'll, I'll make an opinion that in my brain is, like, it's it's somewhere in the middle, right? Like, it's not intended to be, like, a big slam or, like, a, like a oh, oh, take that. Like, it's not, you know what I mean? Like, I don't have it in my brain. It's what just like observation? People will comment on it. On <laughs> if there was a HuffPo, like, re-ma- like, like, reproduction of our podcast, Chris Remo takes yeah, Last of Us to but task. I mean, but I feel like sometimes <laughs> that is how it's received. Yeah, of course. Like, I'll it's see bullshit. things on Twitter and stuff directed at me where I'm like, Sorry. I don't like coming off as if that's my Sounds re- like you hate these kinds of yeah, things. Yeah, and I yeah. I don't know. It, you do. It it definitely like <laughs> makes me nervous to do the podcast sometimes. I don't have it that there bad, right? There are things right? that like, make me nervous to do people... the podcast that aren't exactly that. No, I, well, <laughs> the other thing I should say on that no, on that <laughs> the other thing I should say on that topic is that there's people who like have it way worse, right? Like, there's people have it really badly just by virtue of, like, who they are. Have to We're take not shit women. On the internet all da, the time. Da, right, da. exactly. No, no, totally. <laughs> it's absolutely true. Um, yeah. I, so I, I don't – it's not like right. this is a big thing that like makes my life terrible or anything. But it's definitely a a weird thing about doing a podcast where it gets at, I, mean, I always basically assume at this point people are going to take my opinion in like the most unflattering way, which is a bummer. It just makes me – I don't know. It makes me nervous to talk that about it. That it's some kind of judgment versus just like an observation. Yeah. Like talking about I just thing. like talking about this stuff. But yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So should I buy The Last of Us or not? <laughs> Fucking get to it. Yeah. <laughs> Rent it. no by that game it is pretty good and interesting i don't know i don't know i i I don't know why i just there's no real reason to bring that up now as opposed to any other time but i've just been thinking about it recently i just kind of wanted to i don't know um i find the podcast harder to do the more like the deeper my hands can go into a video game that i'm making Mm. that is something that is really really challenging for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the more you feel your contribution is sifting to the top of like the the yeah the yeah like if, like if I was like knuckle game. deep in Monkey Island, I was like elbow deep in The Walking Dead. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. right. So right. it's like sure. that gets more like the yeah. further the arms go, mm-hmm. the the deeper is, into the hole your arm goes, the more awkward it is. The more yeah. yeah. In related news, we've added a ring to the, the sound uh, baffling. To the sound baffling, which people on the stream say it looks like a goatsy. It does kind of look like Watch out for that next Thanks time we that. do a Thanks stream. Thanks for that quality seg. Yeah. Just thought you were to talking. nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a break. <laughs> okay. We don't have to. No, we're done. Okay. You don't have to go on next. I actually wanted to talk about Netrunner Tournament for a second. But oh, that's yeah. fine. Go ahead. I'll yeah, talk yeah, about I, was deep into the, I was deep into the, the I, podcast I confessions. I don't know where to go with it, but I'm actually just curious about it. Are we, are we on the podcast right now? I'm so confused. We're back! Video games. So we'd like to thank our sponsor for this week, Audible. You can go to audiblepodcast.com slash wizard for a free audiobook download. Really? Yeah. That's amazing. You can really do that. No, I just the, the wizard thing. What? Yeah, that's an actual thing. It's amazing. Okay, sorry. Yeah, you can actually go to audiblepodcast.com slash wizard. Get a free month. And what's that URL again? Audiblepodcast.com slash wizard. Wow. 
and get a free month, including a free audiobook for that month. Which you can keep even if you don't stick on after the trial. Which is pretty great, actually. That's pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. So, Ollie, you use Audible. I do. I'm a, I'm a subscriber. Yeah? To that particular service. Ollie Moss, famous internet artist man. Famous artist man. Famous artist man. But I mean, internet, a lot of people know him. Internet and life. No, I know. But I just mean a lot of people know him because of the internet. Yes. Um... I mean, a lot of people know Barack Obama because of the internet, too. <laughs> that's, that's, oh, he's that president on Twitter. But I feel like I feel like he'd probably get press regardless, you know? Like, right. That's, yeah. a, that's, a, that's the only point I was trying to make. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you work from home a lot. I do. Do you listen to Audible? I do. A lot? Yes. You consume a ton of media over the internet I while do. you're working. Yes. It's really, really... Having seen you work over the past couple of days, it's actually pretty extraordinary. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, a, I'm an obsessive. And what is a book that one could listen to while working, while oh. drawing amazing well, art? Has Star Wars posters. <laughs> wow. Yes. Audible has many options for, uh, <laughs> for the discerning listener. Such as? Such as I'm listening to at the moment, Bring Up the Body by Henry Mantel. Oh, man, seriously? Which, yes, I am. Oh, my God, so you read Wolf Hall. I did. Well, I listened to Wolf Hall from Audible, right. actually. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I tried. Yeah. Okay, sorry. There I was so many do- characters in I was Wolf doing Hall, something on my phone, but I have to stop now because I love these books so much. Okay, you guys uh, have a conversation. Yes. Audiblepodcast.com slash wizard in case they don't say it again. Well, I listened, I actually listened to the uh, the abridged version, which I never <sighs> do. I never I never do because I hate the idea of listening to an abridged yeah. novel. But it was read by, um, I listened to the, the preview for both of them, and the abridged was read by Dan Steve. Who's the uh, who plays um, handsome? What's his face in Downton Abbey? Uh, handsome, what's his face? Handsome, what's his face? Yeah, and uh, Matthew Crowley. Matthew Crowley. Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He go. plays handsome Lehrer, basically. <laughs> handsome, yeah. <laughs> and uh, oh, his reading of it and you just is so, it? so beautiful. Oh, that's cool. That I, that I was really into it. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, my my plan is one day to to read the actual book. But so how far are you through Bring Up the Bodies? Uh, about an hour in. Out of my, how many hours? Out of. Uh, God, I don't know, um, eighteen. Something, oh wow! Okay, so you're you're not you're not very far. Okay, bring up the bodies is amazing. It was it's a plane ride. It was uh, I got in, I got like into I got an hour into it before I fell asleep. Mm-hmm. Like, it's arguably it's arguably better than Wolf Hall, which isn't like if you know if you've talked to me ever about Wolf Hall, which you have not, but yeah. uh, that's high praise because I think yeah. Wolf Hall is like an astonishing work of fiction. I think it's, oh, it's I think yeah. yeah, I think bring up the bodies is like even more incredible. Um, yeah, Hillary Mantel is. Basically a genius. No, I actually have not. Yeah, I and I've, I I've heard it's all very different. Yeah, it is. She's, yeah. Uh, she's, yeah. she's really interesting because she's, she's a great author, but she's, um, she's quite experimental. Yeah. Like, experimental with a lot of different genres. Like, um, what should I read next of hers? Oh, God, I can't remember the name of it now, but there was one about um, mediums. Oh, yeah. Okay, I've heard um, about that. Yeah, which was which is sort of... A, sort of and I heard she, humor, like, but, sort of but, but also did, like, did the seances and things yeah. like as sort of quote-unquote research. Mm. For for the book, wow. like I've, yeah, I've heard she gets really into kind of just trying to embody the, whatever the thing is she's writing about mm. as part of her process. Well, you can tell. I mean, uh, I just Wolf Hall is uh, and um, Brent Hall is just absolutely fantastic. And yeah, you can tell she's really immersed herself in the uh, mm-hmm. in history. And- absolutely, yeah. Oh, they're so good. So those and other many fine books available <laughs> yes. at audiblepodcast.com/slash/wizard. You mean slash wizard? What are we talking about? Are we talking Net- about Netrunner? Netrunner. Then, oh, yeah, I want to. Yeah. I don't know what to say about it other than I think it's interesting that you played in a Netrunner tournament. Dude, that game is fucking good. I like. I think the way that some people feel about Dota, 
or the way that I some other see you looking at me right now. Or the way that some other people feel about StarCraft is the way they feel about Netrunner. Like, look at myself. I don't know. I so think, people get very into they do good games. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> a get truthful insight. statement. I don't know. Like, I'm like in in undergrad or whatever. How long like, has Netrunner been around? So the weird thing is, Rich Garfield, the guy who made Magic, mm-hmm. made Netrunner like a year after, but it came into existence right as Magic was becoming the gigantic infinite so dollars that was like engine. Five or something. It was, yeah, seriously. Yeah, yeah. And then so Wizards are like, uh oh, this might cannibalize our own audience. And also it doesn't really work with this weird random booster pack model. Ugh, mm. Let's just kind of put the pillow over the baby's face. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> somehow Sorry, was, normally it's like like your weird cheating lover or like you're yeah, like no. it's like an old grandma. <laughs> A baby you can just use your hand, but Sorry. I like that you... What? what? <laughs> it's weird that you said that you used a pillow to smother yeah. a baby. You use a hand to smother <laughs> a baby. You flicked the yeah, wrong that was variable incredible. in that. You were saying the first few sentences, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait a second. Yeah. I thought was wrong you thing to object an adult to. analogy for that, because that's what you... No, a hand. <laughs> anyway, good. If it matters. Yeah, I thought you were going matters, with it's bad to kill babies. That but. done being said, I had upset myself. Yeah. yeah. And then... Uh, Sorry, after, you were saying that? Yeah, so wait, what does that mean, though? They stopped printing it? Or? They did. It, it just completely killed it. But then, uh, like last year, I don't know how what dark corporate machinations took place to have this occur, but Fantasy Flight licensed it from Wizards mm, and reprinted cool. the whole game, rebalanced it. Not rebalanced it, but like made some changes that benefited the game tremendously. And then since it came out again... It's just been like gangbusters. Like it also every, probably has a really nice production value because yeah. Fantasy Flight doesn't really yep. around with that. One know? of our uh, one of our guys at, at Clay has uh, one of the original box sets, and all the art on those cards is is oh like the is, the Magic Era one. Yeah, but it it all looks like screenshot like like uh, storyboards from the Lawnmower Man. <laughs> it, oh, it's, yes, it's, that it's, sounds it's, better actually. No, yeah, it's sounds, really bad. <laughs> well, it sounds better. Uh, <laughs> sounds like I would enjoy it more. At least. Uh, <laughs> Probably the target audience would not, yeah. but, but I would find it more hilarious and therefore better than probably whatever earnest like sci-fi thing uh, they're doing. I mean, something in Dow has like a giant whale eating the internet, which is still pretty good. Mm. Yeah. What's um, the? What's the? So I can kind of yeah. So do it the theme, but like, what do you what do you do in the game? So the I mean, there's several things I like about it that. Part one is that it's all it's all one v one asymmetrical, right? So one person is playing the runner who's like the, the hacker person, the other person is playing the corporation, and the hacker side, the runner side, is all very aggressive, and it's all about like building up their economy. Okay. And then the corporation side is all about like bluffing and hidden information, like all of the car, every single card the corporation plays is all played face down, so it all becomes this game about like. It just, it just it quickly moves up into like poker mind game territory where it's work? like does, does the runner end up somehow revealing exactly. cards? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like oh, it, but it's like okay, that guy put that down. I see he only has four credits. What could that possibly be? Can he afford to use that thing? So it ends up unlike Magic, where it's like you have your hidden stuff in your hand, you have your creatures face up on the table, and that's it. Like there's way more bluffing and like metagame, even just like per, like, game state metagame, let alone the actual, like, metagame metagame of Netrunner, which is why it's, oh, God, it's delicious. And then it doesn't have the bullshit artificial scarcity of, like, a right. fair foil I didn't get a, didn't get a land rare. in my first, like, yeah. 20 pulls, so, like, yeah. I'm fucked here, yeah. Yeah, so, 
Oh, yeah, just in terms of buying it, it's just like fixed expansions. It's like the next expansion, these 20 cards are going to be in it. You spend 10 bucks and that's what you get versus cool. like buying random boosters where it's yeah. like, I want the Mythic Rare Dragon Which is a much like a pr- more appropriate model for somebody like Fantasy Flight who yeah. just does like expansions games. Like you yeah. don't have like a collectible aspect yeah. necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. I actually started a tournament society in Vancouver just so I could have more people wow. to play with. Yeah. It's serious. So if you're a thumbs reader in Vancouver... Hit up Nels. Yeah, you want to play Netrunner? Oh, at Nelsermensch on yep. Twitter. Yeah. I might I might actually start a Netrunner thread on the forums. Yeah, you should. Oh, yeah, do this that. This game is really How yeah, yeah. does tournament play work? Do you play one side, then you play yep, the other side? Exactly. When, so you play two full games? Yep. Okay. It's, it's like it basically uses the same scoring and tournament rules as chess, okay. where it's like two rounds, one person plays white, one person plays black, and then you flip. It's the same thing. Yeah. So then you Is can, there a side that you think you're better at, or is it so evenly balanced that it's just it's it's like chess, where you're just playing a different side of the board. Yeah, I mean, the difference is chess is symmetrical. Right, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and this isn't... Um, like pe- how symmetrical is the game when it comes to strategy? People think... That, so there's kind of like three runner factions and four corporate fractions, so there's already like oh, a wow. lot of difference there. Um, people seem to think that the runner game is slightly better, so it's like, say, 55% wins on the runner side, 45% wins on the corp side, but I think that's just because that's pretty big. Yeah. people don't know how to play the corp that well. Yeah, But that, but that makes it, you know, I mean, that means some people... Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, th- I think I think the runner side is definitely easier, just because it's simpler. You have like less stuff to manage, right? right? You just have to be like, I need to get these things, and that's what I need to do to win. But the corp has just like a lot more. It, your resource management is way more important, and just but it, w- when you utilize things, with, like the obvious thing to do is usually not the best thing to do. Mm-hmm. Where when you're playing the runner, is it usually like Terran the, versus Zerg level of distinction in the? In yeah, the, totally. It is really. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Except imagine there were like three kind of different flavors of Terrans, and they're like four different flavors of Zerg. I mean, I guess it's kind that of that could be right. a well, like, like radically different units. I mean, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. T- Terran, Zerg, and Protoss, and like there are crazy, totally unit-specific things. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Except, like obviously in a StarCraft match, right at the start of the match, you can potentially build any of those crazy strategies at once, where mm-hmm. you have your fixed deck that you've kind of sure collapsed down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sort of thing. Although, you're, you're although, like just to of extend this completely yeah. pointless metaphor even further, <laughs> in you know, at, especially at pro level in StarCraft, um, pros do make harder at least somewhat harder choices about build orders mm-hmm. than like an average person just bubbling their way through right. a starcraft that's obviously not the same as having a prescriptive deck that yeah. you've chosen because another thing a pro will do is obviously be able to adjust their build order mm-hmm. in uh reaction to scouting for information and, right. and things like that but yeah i mean you know there are players who definitely have styles as mm-hmm. players and they are considerably better at like micro versus macro or right. or at like particular unit compositions and so on. Yeah, and there's definitely... I don't know what the hell the point... Why am I comparing these things? I guess I was just trying to get a no, sense because no, no, I don't know anything about this game. Yeah, it's kind of so not dissimilar. How... I mean, it, it's I'd say it's closer to like 1v1 StarCraft than it is to Dota, right? Okay. Because sure. there isn't like, a team component mm-hmm. right. that yeah. kind of stuff. That's yeah. almost all of Dota. Right. Yeah, Especially no. now. Yeah, it's it's crazy good and everyone should check out the game. It's, cool. Yeah, I haven't fallen down a hole with like a competitive card game like this ever. And yeah, does yeah. it seem wow, like it I would translate successfully at all to a digital version, or do you think that a lot would be lost? So there, there's this weird online, like generic web platform for playing card games just in general called Octagon. And then on top of Octagon, people build in like specific implementations. Mm-hmm. Like there's a Netrunner implementation, there's one for Magic, I'm sure, and like so sort of, and all that stuff. You can just key in specific card properties. Exactly. Stuff? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I play some games on there, and it's 
it, it's okay. Like, I definitely prefer the face-to-face play just because, like, you can get a feel for how someone behaves, right? Mm-hmm. If I, like... Which if is I, like, like, almost... That is similar to poker. And yeah, There totally is, is, like, a live... Yeah. There's a very vibrant online poker community, but it's a different yes. style of play. Yeah, and yeah. I noticed that my play on Octagon is definitely different than my play in real life. Yeah. Like, the way... It's like, I drop a resource and put some stuff on it. Is this guy going to make a run on it? Yeah. I don't know. And it's like it's easier to feel that out in person versus like online where it's like, oh, do you think just that a would, weird robot I'm playing against? Do you think at uh do you think at higher levels of like so actually I don't know how high level play you play at, but do you think at very high levels of play those distinctions would be minimized as players are better at masking their motivations and um you know, less maybe emotionally driven? I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, I imagine it probably tracks kind of similarly to like high level poker play, although obviously the stakes are far, 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 far lower. Sure. Um, well, are they? I mean, that PAX tournament that you were in had a lot of the line. I, Emotionally. I, I won a card. <laughs> do you, do you, do you I know? did come in fifth out of 32, which isn't bad. Hey, that's pretty good. I was in yeah. second going yeah. into that last round. That's awesome. highly competitive. Until I yeah. barely lost those last good. two games. That's an honorable showing. Yeah, it wasn't bad. I was pretty happy with it. Do you know how high level magic players feel about like the. Like Steam version of Magic, like do you- I don't, but that would be a super. I, I got a buddy back in Vancouver who used to play like super competitive Magic, and I should ask him about that because, yeah, yeah I don't know how they. I mean, obviously, even with Magic, you can win like fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars in a right, crazy sure. Magic tournament. Or well, whatever. One of the reasons I'm asking because I'm wondering, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. obviously, there's no, there, there's obviously certain things about human interaction that are that are uh, unique to to being there in person. But I'm wondering, like, if a ground up like implementation of net runner that wasn't built on top of like mm-hmm. a sort of jack of all trades platform right might be able to capture more of the mm-hmm. nuances of the game at all like i again i haven't even played this game so yeah. I, it's hard i'm sort of like speaking, if it had sound effects well <laughs> i don't know i'm just saying cool like, you know, there are, i imagine yeah. there are probably particulars of the game that are like that you have to that are maybe not represented in like a complete one-to-one way and like a generic platform but maybe that's not even the case yeah the generic platform does all right it's just because it is so generic it's it's more problematic because it's really hard to learn like it is it is like some of the most unintuitive horrible software i've ever used in my life it's like using blender right Right. it's just it's just a nightmare mess and then once you figure it out it simulates the game as well as probably any digital version could Mm -hmm. i think it's like it's fine it just it Mm -hmm. just encourages less accessible i mean that makes sense and it just encourages a different type of play like especially because all the all the all the software stuff is it like it takes care of a lot of automatic actions, right? It's like oh, you may have a card that says when you finish a run, take a credit or whatever. And when you're playing online, it just does it. And all that shit like, happens automatically, cl- right? So that's the kind of thing though that like a more specific, uh, a like more um, ground up implementation might sort of solve because they show you the animation sure. of the thing happening. It, it might be makes it clear to and what it's doing visually. Goes as far like, as makes the player press and collect the coins. Right. You can watch right. how long yeah, it yeah, takes yeah. them to do yeah, it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That yeah. Might, yeah. yeah, that might yeah. like bridge yeah. the gap between yeah. like physical yeah. plane. Like there are there are definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. if like a better... physics hand from Surgeon Simulator has to come out on screen <laughs> and put the coin down. We really wanted to capture the physicality of playing a board game with real pieces and cards. We wanted to capture the physicality of a rubber hand knocking things. Game requires Oculus Rift. And a novent two falcon. hydras. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, hydras. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing that's hot. But yeah, I've definitely played one board game translations Ooh. in software that are better than others. Yeah, you know, yeah, not not just in terms of like the quality of the game design, but like just how those things are translated yeah. to uh, mm-hmm. UI. The, uh, I'm really impressed by the what the like iPad magic 
Yeah, uh, yeah, I played it on Steam. I assume it's similar. I like it a lot. I, I yeah, like have you lot. Magic 2013 or the one previous? Um, I think I've played. There's been like four of them, right? I think yeah. I've played like two of them. I've been playing the newest one. Okay, I haven't played that one. It's much more transaction driven. Cool. Sort of get the get the platform for free and then buy cards and all uh, that shit, which is cool. probably less into what people yeah. are into. But I mean. I find it less. I don't. I find it less disgusting than the. It's not disgusting. Or, it's just not as it, much what I like about the yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. I'm anyway, saying, I find even in real like, life, so, it, you know it, what I mean. Yeah, it, it doesn't mirrors. land in the puzzle. It doesn't land in the um. Yeah. Plants versus zombies. It makes total yeah. sense yeah. that they would yeah. do it that way. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah of course. But one of the things I life is just the way it works. One of the things, but you have to sort of you have to sort of like have this faith that their back end is so good that I own these cards forever somehow. But then it's like it doesn't feel that way. Have cardboard that you can sell to some man in Florida. It doesn't feel that way when there's no. I did that in graded. Five for eight hundred dollars. What? Yeah, I sold all my magic cards when I stopped playing in like nineteen ninety six to some man in Florida for eight hundred bucks, and then I bought a computer. I guess that paid off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you, did well, you sell them? The six thousand dollars you probably paid for them. Please over tell me that you sold them through Mount Gox. I, I it was just eBay. Is that not the best Sorry, thing? Sorry, Jake. You, you, Bitcoins. I thought Mount Gox was a big Bitcoin exchange. Yeah, Mount Gox is the big Bitcoin exchange. But that stands for Magic the Gathering Online Exchange because it was a dude who put up a website to Whoa. sell and trade Magic the Gathering cards. <laughs> oh, and wow. then at some point, it's like, oh, Bitcoin seemed cool. And then it turned into a Bitcoin site. <laughs> that guy is a big Double Fine backer. Yeah. Whoa. He loves He's Magic like the Gathering, big, apparently. Big Kickstarter backer nice. for Double Fine. Thanks, dude. Yeah. He's a cool guy. Crazy. There's also this hilarious, there's this hilarious article that's like uh, – U.S. government seizes $5 million from yeah. Mount Gox, and then the picture is like a dude in a Double Fine Adventure backer shirt <laughs> sitting there at the table. It's amazing. It's super good. Being sad. No, he's no, looking, he seemed, he's he seemed pretty fine. confident. Yeah. 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 He, seemed, he seemed okay about the yeah, whole yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, no, with respect to like the difference between digital and physical games, there was, because Google is the way they are, they just invite crazy smart people to like talk at their campuses and record them, right? And the, the guy right. is the president of Days of Wonder who makes mm. tickets to ride. Also right. big double fine Kickstarter backers. Cool. Nice. Is that what Wonder this is now? Lighting them up. <laughs> they came to our office and hung out. They're cool. Whoa. Yeah. They came to Google and Amazon. Yeah. But that Google. Microsoft. Google. Google. Microsoft. Microsoft. Yahoo. Yahoo. <laughs> Google. Look up Charlie Rose by Beckett on YouTube to see the dumb thing we're talking about. Anyway, Google. go ahead. No, anyway, so. that delightful Frenchman gave a really good talk that's just on the internet talking about like just kind of what Days of Wonder does in general, but he got into the difference between the physical and digital versions of Ticket to Ride quite a bit, and it was super interesting. Just yeah. like the way people play, and yeah, it was cool. People should check that out. That is a game I've only played digitally. Oh, really? Ooh. Ticket to Ride? Isn't that weird? I love Ticket to Ride. Yeah, yeah I love it too, really but good. I've only played it digitally. Yeah. I've never played I've only played it physically. Well. Did you play uh, Europe with or our North powers America? combined? North America. Europe's way better. Oh, is it really? I've yeah. only played the North, North America. America is like there's kind of a dominant strategy going east to west. Mm. Like trying to build north south train routes tends to lose you that game. Mm. Yeah, Europe's a bit more as in like, life, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> What? No. We're going to get that we're going to get that, that Elon Musk got super got tube. The going in the north. Just, we're getting just that like super it. tube. I'm going to be in LA in 30 minutes. The Hyperloop. Hyperloop. Tonight, what did I say? Super tube. Super tube. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I we're getting that super tube. <laughs> Basically the same word. I, I mean. guarantee yeah. you, in the office at Tesla, when they were talking about what to yeah. name it, yeah. somewhere in the top 500 was SuperTube. Super, yeah. And sure. beneath that, it's Jay Allen. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Did Jake tell you this? No. So Jake is obsessed with the idea of Steve Ballmer being replaced. By and then Jay Allen. No, no, yes. But only because he knows that there's some person in the Microsoft organization who is tasked Somewhere. with making the short yeah. list, yeah, 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 but yeah. first had to make the long list yeah. of anybody who has any success shipping anything of quality like in the Microsoft, Microsoft administration. Yeah, yeah. Microsoft so one person yeah, yeah. somewhere had to open a Word doc and beneath a list of a bunch of people write Microsoft Jay CEO. Allard <laughs> and then move on. No, that is, yeah, you just hear and that was Jay Allard, a carriage return, and then just like, <laughs> yeah, whatever. whatever. Like, like, yeah. 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 Whoever. So Very good. His name had to have come up. Yeah. Even if only to be instantly, instantly revised. No, it's yeah. true. Yeah, that mu- it clearly. Yeah, or someone is like, yeah. Jay. Okay, next. Like, just yeah. he's just the run down the list. Yeah. Jay Allard is the super loop of Microsoft CEOs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the most worthless metaphor that's ever. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking yeah. super yeah. tube. I fucked it up when I said it the second oh, time. Man. Super, no, super loop is on the loop list is too. Even lower. That's yeah. why yeah. you're active. I think that Jay Allard is the super <laughs> looper <laughs> of Microsoft CEOs. <laughs> constantly super killing looper. himself yeah. in a fucking <laughs> infinite loop of assassins. I'm getting up to worsening names. An infinite super loop of assassins. You're killing the wrong yes. people. I'm going farther down. <laughs> he shows up with more gold plating and more sets of sunglasses on top of the other sun- sunglasses. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jay. Oh, I miss him so much. No, what don't. is he doing now again? He's working for some startup or something. He, he's making wonderful like fantasy where every time we talk about Jay Allard, he's at home listening to it on his hi-fi, not in headphones. On his Zune! Please! <laughs> into his hi-fi. Plug into his hi-fi. Right, it right, sounds right, warmer. Right, right, right. So when you say, I miss you, he mouths, I miss you too, right. Jay. <laughs> it's definitely his brown Zune plugged into his brown 70s, like, Rope mesh hi-fi speakers. Yeah. With oh, yeah. the 360 with the wood panel cover. Yes! <laughs> Original 360 part. Oh, yeah. What is this connect? Not J approved. Dear Jake, have you ever considered going by J? Signed J. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> no, actually, no. Obviously not. Why would I ever touch that? Jay Rodgers. Oh my God! That's for, that, that, that's the untouchable Jay. If the next big thing with your name attached to it says "and Jay Rodkin," <laughs> amazing. Deleted. <Yeah. laughs> I could that, never. That's on the long list of new names for Jake Rodkin. <laughs> <laughs> it has to show up sometime. I mean, I, I mean we had to consider it. It must be considered. Jay Rodkin, Steve Ballmer, <laughs> <laughs> all are dismissed. Yeah, we should leave now and Do return it. briefly or b- briefly. Momentarily. Yeah, probably briefly. Briefly and momentarily. <laughs> Britishly. With special guest, Jay Allard. Video games. We're back, and uh, we did a tag team here, and sitting in for Nels is Ollie Moss, an excellent artist whose work I suspect you're familiar with because it's all over the place. Hello, Ollie. Hello. You may have heard Ollie in uh, past works such as the Idle Thumbs ad for audiblepodcast.com slash wizard. Now he's here. Or that one episode <laughs> that we did uh, a few months back. Oh, right. In, yeah, yeah, yeah. In Britain. I wasn't there for that, so I forgot. With the Brits. Yeah. The Brits. James Video Games Spafford. Was Spaffer? No, it was, uh, we had Duncan Five. They're all the same. Duncan Fife was there, but gosh. Duncan's the best. Duncan Fife is from New Spaff Zealand. Spaff wasn't there, but, but Duncan, Duncan Fife is best. from New Zealand. Yes. No, I hung out with Spaff a bunch this weekend. It was really cool to see him. Yeah, um, we, Duncan got a lot of love last week on the podcast. for. Did you read Raising Kane? No. Oh, yes, should you I? will. It's the best? fucking amazing. Okay. You should also read his dog suicide bridge thing. Yeah, I'm okay. half, yeah, I'm I, actually. I thought that was like particularly amazing. I will read all it's not games related, but it was really good. He's a writer, it turns out. A good one. Yeah. 
Uh, okay. So now we're going to read things from you. The we're going to read mail to Ollie. Graham LaRue writes, Dear Ollie, <laughs> recently you guys were discussing Plants vs. Zombies 2. I don't know why he thinks you were talking about that. But, and it's mod- was. monetization model, which ended up serving, in my opinion, justifiably a punching bag for free-to-play payment models. Um, I have no experience with the original uh, Plants vs. Zombies or its successor, but as soon as the discussion began, I was reminded of my girlfriend, who does have quite a bit of experience in that domain, and that is pretty much the only game she's ever played in any platform for any length of time whatsoever. As the discussion continued, um, and uh, the perspective came up of a theoretical outsider uninvolved in game development or regular enthusiast gaming, it occurred to me that I know just such an outsider. To wit, turns out she hates that model, and emphatically, despite not knowing what it's called or anything about the current state of the video game, video game ecosystem or anything else related to video games, except for what I occasionally spout off when I'm on some tangent, um, which is probably actually all the time now that I think about it. Anyway, she basically echoed all the problems that the people on the podcast had with the model and especially empathized with Chris's or maybe Jake's whatever fuck Nick desire to put up, pay up front and get access to the pure game rather than endure the advertising sullied uh, version. Her ultimate stance is much like Jake's. She's unwilling to pay for any of the perks woven into PVZ2, but is still satisfied enough with the core gameplay to keep playing for the time being. It's worth pointing out that my girlfriend does have a decided tendency towards introspection and reflection that maybe other casual gamers don't, but there must be a sizable share of the casual gaming audience who are similarly disaffected. It's difficult to square that impression with the metric assloads of money PopCap must be making off the game, however. Um, anyway, I thought you'd appreciate the, av- the additional data point. Keep up the fantastic work. Best, Graham. We were- so, Ollie, respond. Yes. Very oh, interesting. Good. Interesting. <laughs> huh. We were talking about this stuff last week the free-to-play monetization ea stuff and this email actually reminded me of a time again i might have talked about this on the cast already but i'm gonna get the version numbers wrong sorry but uh i was in line just waiting to board uh a flight at an airline and there were two sort of like biz bro like you know oh i'm gonna talking about this yeah playing yeah, playing real racing it real was two racing. it was two oh, just right. like, it was, a good story. Yeah, you just, told us on the cast but that's oh, fine. yeah it was just it was just two sort of like Aging broy dudes in suits. They both had iPhones, and one of them was playing Real Racing Four, whatever the new one is. And the guy behind, and he was like, "Yeah, I play it, but it just kind of sucks." I mean, I don't know. Like, you, when you try to go further, the game just always asks for money. And the guy was like, "Oh, dude, just get Real Racing Three. That doesn't have any of that bullshit. You just pay three bucks and you get the whole game." I was like, "What was that?" <laughs> like that—that that was. I think I said the exact same thing at the time, but like that's the visual representation of exactly who I imagine EA sort of aspires to have their audience be is just right. like the guys yeah. on, buying stuff on iPhone who probably used to play the stuff on their Xbox and they're like why would uh, just just get the real one don't even don't even deal with this shit and like, I assume Whoa, this is true but is bad piggies also that no, is it I also think bad freedom? piggies is, uh, is totally um, is bad it's piggies. like the angry, angry birds model where you pay like a two dollar or, or whatever dollars? and then you get the full game but there are Things you can Expansion do. Like a coy, right? No, bad piggies. Bad piggies. So I was, Ali was working and I picked game. up his iPad okay. and I was like, I'm going to click on this face of a pig. It's fucking good. Oh, yeah. What is it? Explain what it is. It's, I don't know what it is. It's like it, Bandit Bandit you, Bandit you, and Bolts, if you've ever played that. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Meets, meets, yeah. meets Angry Birds. Angry Birds. So you, yeah. Where you have to so get you, a like, pig. put together the buildings? Or no, you, you put together the vehicles. You put together small vehicles. Oh, cool. That you so, put a pig yeah. inside him and try it, to get him to a face. It gives line. you the, uh-huh. all the parts that you have, and then you yeah. build them the way right. that you want, and then you sort of manage them across a level. But it's sort of physics-based sure. vehicle construction. Mm-hmm. It's that's it's, cool. It was fun. Yeah, I put a, I put, I put a bellows on a on it's, a, on it's a soapbox. Is it actually expressive related than, to Angry Birds? Is it, is it? Yeah, it's like the pigs from that. Oh, okay, yeah, so it's the same company. It's the same company and the same aesthetic, but it's sort of yeah, yeah. Anyway, it was. I was 
It was weird that it exists. I liked it. It was cute. He likes it. He likes it. He likes it. You're um, mixing is it's it working, not... it's working with he likes it from I th- I Life thought it was cereal. a cereal commercial. Yeah, Life cereal, but then you're Oh, he just says it once. You're saying it twice. Say Mikey likes it. Mike. Um <clears throat> he's dead. That kid. He well, ate the pop rocks. Yeah. Uh <laughs> um, made a duck sound back there. <laughs> it's nice. Sam Morris writes, Dear Ollie, why didn't you do that Far Cry two stream years ago? I played the game when it came out and couldn't understand the hype you guys had for it. Back then, it just felt like a mediocre game with strange design decisions that were fairly incomprehensible. Is it the game's fault for not explaining its design decisions fluently, or am I just a baby who needs baby games? Cheers, Sam Morris. Full idle thumbs email. Well, Sam. Yeah. P.S. Well, Sam, I totally agree. I think Far Cry 2 is... Uh, oh, do you really? Uh, Go on. No, 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 no. Let, give him the floor. No, okay. So, first of all, I think Far Cry 2 is an amazing game. In some ways, compliment sandwich <laughs> incoming. Yeah, <laughs> it is. But I feel like I feel like it's, it's Ubisoft bake, like baked this amazing, delicious cake and then just iced it with shit because it's that's not a compliment <laughs> sandwich. <laughs> well, hold on, that's the middle part of the sandwich. <laughs> like, that's be interesting to see what the bun <laughs> is. I mean, like, all, like, I feel like I'm, it's like a broken record for the people that um, didn't like that game. It's uh, it's a beautiful environment. The world that they've made is amazing. The shooting felt great to me. The companion system was super fun, and I love being sort of dragged away from the firefight by the hands you made. It was like, really engaging and fucking awesome. But then suddenly you would be in a stream and some and you'd get a malaria attack and just die. Or oh, that's exactly to, what I love about or it. Or you'd though. have to go to you'd have to drive through um, two checkpoints to go get your malaria medicine, and it would just kill the flow of it for me. Um, I, I really enjoyed Far Cry Three, despite all of the bullshit story stuff, which was gross. But I found the open world and that more enjoyable. Is it because you could picture. determine your own flow without having like an omnipotent? hand come in and say i know you're having fun but i'm still working but i do i do like i do like sort of still the, working uh, on giving you malaria yeah <laughs> but I, I do like you know i almost felt like far cry it was almost too much freedom it was, became too easy as soon as you got the um the silence 50 cal any any base became just uh, trivial bet you were wishing right. for malaria then <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i i, I can yeah. totally understand feeling that way it's it's definitely not how i felt but i you know i yeah. i can totally understand why many because many people yeah. do right like obviously a lot of people feel that way correct me if i'm wrong but you get you kind of i mean it's i haven't played it for say i moved to the house three years now um i mean considerably played it that in that long um you kind of get to a point though where treating your malaria is sort of like the thing you do, but you don't really, it's a, it's, it doesn't interrupt your flow because you're far enough along and you have enough medicine to where it's not a big deal. But then it just becomes a weird job that you have to do in it to try. I don't know. I, I love, I love, um, challenge like that. No more girls. Like I love Daisy, for example, it, it's mm-hmm. great. And but that, any horrible game slowing thing in that feels like, what well, is the uh, game? Yeah, it is the game. It is the game. It's, it's, game, it's, 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 it's a product of, of your own inability to plan or, or the product of like another asshole player, but not some weird thing that the game has arbitrarily decided to afflict on you at that one yeah. moment. You know, and, and I, I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I feel like, obviously, it's a very simplified, abstracted version of life, but I feel like life has just shit that happens in it and i kind of like mm-hmm. that far cry 2 is just like hey fuck you you got to deal with this now yeah. like I, I i it's a thing again i i understand why 
lots of people don't don't like it. And it's not the most elegant possible version of that, certainly. Yeah. But I like that sometimes your guns just fuck up or like you just get sick or like – That you like. Though, because you chose, you chose to pick that gun. Yeah, I love yeah. the guns because you have the opportunity to avoid that. What I hate is when you get malaria and you go into this weird animation cycle where it takes control away from you and it's just like, ugh, it's the worst. There should be a mosquito slapping mini game that if you fail at the beginning, you get malaria. And if not, you don't get malaria. I really don't ever want to get malaria. Like in life? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know. That's... Food poisoning and the flu are so need, bad that malaria is that. something I can't handle. People have it everywhere and it's the worst. It makes me sad. Yeah. BillGatesFoundation.org. Bill and Melinda GatesFoundation.org. I don't know. They're doing stuff about it. Anyway, next JL email. Foundation. <laughs> next email. The other. Maybe that's what he's doing. Maybe he's secretly opening the JLR Foundation. No, maybe he's secretly very company. involved with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Probably not. Um, we'll find out when they announce the new Xbox from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and it's better than Xbox One because <laughs> JLR made it. Maybe he's designing a mosquito net. Uh, all right, Paul S says, "Dear Ollie." I saw this video by a guy who used an Arduino and a treadmill to throttle his internet connection. It's a remarkably simple idea, and it reminds me how some indie games can take core game mechanics and gate them to form totally new experiences for players. What do you think about integrating gamey constructs or restrictions into world real-world tasks? Thanks, Paul S. Ooh. Huh? What? Is that the Jane McGonagall sort of gamified? Yeah, I think it, I think it's totally related reality to that. Yeah. I think what he means is like he... He could only keep using the internet as long as he like ran a certain speed or something. Oh, okay. That's my, that's that's my guess. I, yeah, that sounds like that's what it what it is. So does he mean like physically gamifying real life, or does he mean like sort of mentally? I know I know so many nerds who have got in shape by saying, "Oh, it's like leveling up when you can do like hundred push ups or something." Are you looking at me? I don't know. That's like what you say every day. <laughs> it's like I did hundred push ups. Never live with Ali Moss. He's like looking into a mirror of shame. <laughs> 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 I don't. know. That's cool. When I read this email, actually, the fr- I, when I glanced at it, I thought he was asking the opposite thing. I thought he, I thought, like, I just looked at it. I didn't actually read it all in detail. I right, because it was addressed I to looked, Ollie. I so. looked at the, yeah, exactly. It wasn't yeah. really mine. But I just looked at it, and the words that, like, jumped out were, how do you feel about integrating weird real-world tasks into games? And I'm like, oh, that's, like, that'll, that's an interesting thing from the Far Cry 2 discussion, like, coincidentally. But then I realized he's asking a totally different thing, and it's actually not even related to that. So what it, you, can, you can answer your own version of his question. It's fine. Uh, I don't know. I think it's cool. Good? <laughs> yeah. Did Good. it? Well, no. I mean, I think it's like... Real world tasks again? Yeah. Well, I just mean like a game like uh, like Cart Life is very much about that. You know, it's oh, like right. just papers, taking... Please. Yeah, or Papers, Please, where yeah. it's just... The game is... is finds the... Is, uh, is almost like fetishistically interested in... in mundanity. Mundanity. Yeah, right. exactly. And like creates something... Uh, engaging and and sort of meaningful out of that. Whereas you know, that. a lot of times those but are the God, exact things that games will like. Oh, games often sorry. those are the all the things they strip out and they just put in the like high tension moments. You know what's funny? What? Okay, so I mean, it, I mean, I know I know how to answer this question, but I'm just going to pose it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, like games integrate that stuff all the time, and it's terrible. Yeah. Like the mundanity of life in Heavy Rain, I think, is just <laughs> like. Well, that's not a typical game, though. Right. You mean like shake the orange juice cotton? Or just sort of, yeah, or um, all the little like piddly things you can do in the interim of GTA, mm-hmm. you know. Mm. Um, 
Like go to the bowling alley and taking like people that. on is dates that and yeah, shit yeah, like yeah. that. You know, I mean that stuff is not as the, well, the atomic things, unit of that act is way bigger than it is as folding a newspaper. Well, those are weird because in life those things are like quite potentially quite consequential, but in GTA they're like meaningless. Right, right, right. And like, I mean that's I'm kind of answering my own question because it has to do with yeah. the context in which you perform the. Action. But I think it's a good. But it's but funny I think it's how a good to, thing it's to bring really up funny because, to miss the boat on that. Yeah, because yeah. those things. I mean that kind of thing in a GTA game is fairly artless, right? Like it's taking something that in your life actually is potentially quite interesting and like sometimes nerve wracking and like sometimes has big impact on the rest of your life. But then, you know, that game is like a thing you got to do and it's just a thing that you mash through and like, it's not, doesn't really right. say anything and mean anything, you know, that's kind of how I felt about that stuff in heavy rain. So, uh, Finian Beasley writes, hi, Ollie. I just listened to episode 121 where you talk about dexterous controls in games, especially flight sims. I'm a big fan of TIE Fighter, and I still fire it up from time to time. I really appreciate that the UI in that game is almost entirely placed on various parts of the cockpit that you can see as the player slash uh, an X-Wing did this too. For me, it really makes me feel like I'm piloting the ship. It would be it would be great if all the cockpit barks you hear Han saying to Chewie could be systems that could be directly interacted with. The key would be to make making those easy to use in the middle of the battle. Kerbals in cockpit UI has a lot of potential. I hope they do that um, as well. The effect is very similar to what happens in Far Cry 2, where every action oh, has yeah. an in-game representation. They knew you hated it, so they wrote and it. And it does a lot to really ground a game, even when the more fantastical elements may be challenging a player's suspension of disbelief. Far Cry 3 squandered this by having so many of the systems in out-of-game menus. This makes me think that Jason Brody is going around gamifying all these systems to distance himself from the monster he is becoming, whereas Far Cry 2 guy is at peace with his violence. When I play any games that fail to properly ground the player in the world, I have a hard time getting into them. Not really any question here. I just appreciate that you, Ollie, voiced a thing I've been thinking about for a while. Finn Beasley. Thanks, Finn. God, I loved yeah. how you said that last time, Ollie. Yeah. You've made some really cogent points over the past few podcasts, Ollie. I just want to thank you for coming on I actually this one. like that Finn Beasley wrote an email that just encapsulated all other reader emails into one. That was really nice of him. <laughs> There's just, been a lot of prescience in these emails, knowing to address them, A, to Ollie, and B, whatever to each other. To situate yeah. them and inside other, yeah. the yeah. landscape yeah. of reader emails. Yeah, yeah, that was good. So if you, too, have ESP and want to write us an email, please write us in at questions at adultthumbs.net. Yeah. Man, um... I'm sorry. This is totally unrelated to that, but just <laughs> we, GTA came up. Yeah. I'm really excited about the new GTA game having a having a um, original score for the first time. Like we've talked often, I think. I thought about, the GTA games yeah. do have an original yeah, score. It's just very small. It's very slight. They've always had original. Score. There's a little bit of synth in those sometimes, isn't there? Not. I guess it's only like when you die and at the very beginning of the game and stuff. But There's just, like a little yeah non-diagetic music in there. Oh really? Maybe I just don't remember. It's really that? slim. It happens very. Infinitely. Are there like examples that I'm come sure to mind? You, yeah, I'm sure you. It would come back to you instantly if you loaded it up. It's well, all just weird the opening, synth the opening cutscene of yeah. GTA 4 that cuts around on the ship. To no, the well, that turns out to be inside the car, right? I thought that. I thought that. No, was... maybe you're right. Oh. Maybe, maybe I'm maybe just I'm thinking about, about the stupid, like borderline sound effects. It's just like the oh. stuff. Like anyway, maybe, okay. The, anyway, I might so be wrong. This has an actual that. like symphonic style or well, like cinematic symphonic, style like, score. There's like multiple contributors to it. One of which is like one of the key guys from Tangerine Dream, which is rad. Like that's like a really. It feels like a really interesting choice to like hire that guy to actually make the original soundtrack for GTA game. It's impressive to me that in the face of infinite resources to make those choices, the choices are still really good. Yeah. I don't well, know those if guys good at that. have such good music related <laughs> instincts. It kind of blows my mind. Yeah. Oh my God. Red dead. We've talked about this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Looking forward anyway, to talking about that. Sorry. Game I was reading yeah. some stuff like Kirk wrote like an article about like all the music stuff they're doing for GTA five. And it made me super excited. 
I mean, like, I'm sure that game will still have all the weird GTA stuff that mm-hmm. is always weird. That'd be a fun like, game to play on the Twitch stream, though. That would mm, be fun. It's, yeah, yeah. it's a dumb small thing that we were talking about the other day, but in the face of GTA mechanics never changing, it is kind yeah. of refreshing <laughs> that GTA Five is the that's story true. of three guys who don't give a fuck about the fact that they're criminals who do weird shit to each other mm. all the time. Like, yeah. that's nice. It's probably, yeah. like... Oh, yeah, we were talking about it. Was like yeah, N- yeah. Nico in four is a, such a cool character, but he's not the right character to be. Yeah, in a he GTA makes no game. sense in the context. Whereas of that this game, is yeah. just like it. It. I almost yeah. wanted to say the word Coen Brothers, but not on purpose because it's GTA. But at least it's sort of like kind of they're codified rude, in cr- rude criminal like, idiots. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. like it, I guess not actually Coen Brothers. It's more that fucking. Michael Bay movie. Michael Mann. No. Spendable shit? No. No. Bad Boys? Yeah, the movie about the... Yeah. Oh, Pain Pain and Gain. gain. Yeah. Yeah. It's in that... It's like... (laughs) It's the completely meaty... Like... Anyway, whatever. It's... I'm way less bothered by all of that stuff in 5 than I was in 4, even Mm. just now. Sure. when When those first trailers came out for 4 and it was like... Nico was telling his story over shots of New York. I was like, this is going to be crazy. Yeah, I know. Oh, it's GTA. But then it's just like, it's Oh, GTA. sorry. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, Grand yeah, Theft yeah. Auto. <laughs> yeah, right. Whereas this yeah. now is just like, fucking A, this is Grand Theft Auto. Like, it doesn't, yeah. you don't care. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. guys yeah, yeah. kicking the back door out of vans and shooting guys. And you're like, okay, at yeah. least they're not, sure. there's no. I love that, what is it? The, the structure is supposed to be based on, um, sorry, based on uh, heists. There's a bunch of different heists you can do. Yeah, it's, it's, like, yeah. that sounds really fun. You're playing me, just like, as a kind yeah. of piddling criminal team, which seems like that fits very well with. As yeah. Mm. Plus, did, did you see the trailer? Um, some guy on YouTube cut together of like um, the animations from the gameplay trailer versus the animations of like Max Payne Three. No, I didn't. And how they it looks like they've essentially taken the Max Payne Three shooting mechanics and just plopped them straight into. Oh, weird. GTA Five, <laughs> which sounds cool to me because Max Payne Three was a fun game to play, and GTA Four was not. Particularly fun like at the controller a fun level, action yeah. game. Sure. So if they can sort of fix that part with what they've learned on uh, Max Payne Three, like, oh, man, the game's gonna be hopefully really good. I think. Hopefully, they also bring over Ken Cosgrove from LA Noir. <laughs> <laughs> his weird rotating wrists. Yes, hopefully his 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 wrists rotate wildly. I don't know how to talk. So thanks for listening, everyone. Good night. Good night. Video games. Video games. That's the classic sign-off, I think. Oh, good night, games. video games. Yes. Good night. Good night, video games. Oh, I thought it was like good night, moon. Video games. Let's just tip this this way. We can get a little bonus Anderson in our lives. Bonus Anderson. Your name is Bonus Anderson. Need a little, oh my yes. gosh. Boost yes. Remo and Bonus Anderson are boosting bonus. What's Nick's new name? <laughs> what? Nick. Oh. You, you can't even remember and you named him. I know. What was Nick's name? What yeah. Super Tube. That's no. all his name. <laughs> Super Tube. Super Tube. God, why can't there be a super tube that goes from London to San Francisco in two hours? A super tube? They already have the tube. Because the train and your face would rip apart through the air being like... Oh, you you mean, like get... well, that's what they do. They make a vacuum inside the tube. The Hyperloop. Like the Is that the Hyperloop? I'm saying, why can't there also Why can't there be a super tube? Why, okay, we have a Hyperloop. Why can't there also be a super tube? I just like the sentence. We have this Hyperloop. Why can't there also be a super tube? Asks a six-year-old. Where's my super tube? We already have a normal tube. We just need a faster and longer What's the normal tube? Like a subway? That's the one that connects England to France. The tube. Oh, that tube. That tube is dumb. But I want a channel, but a big one.
Like a big channel. A like super a, channel. Yeah, the chug and channel. I want to max a channel, a super tube, Maxi a hyper loop. An ulti bore. That was pretty. That was that was ultimate. Ulti bore is really good. Ulti boy. An ulti boy. I want ulti boy. Jay Allard. Sirens. What is happening? Wow. Haven't you caught them yet? It's a fire truck, and they have not caught the fire yet. Catch the fire, SFFD. <laughs> just, of course, a a fire, that's a fire truck just oh. crashing into the office. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the ladder just. Yeah. Guys, you're doing all thumbs in here. <laughs> Wait. You're fine. 